This podcast is brought to you by the Village of Bedford Park, your home for business. Over 450 businesses strong and growing with a safe, reliable Lake Michigan water supply. Visit VOBPBiz.com and bring your business home to the Village of Bedford Park. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Now, the WBBM Noon Business Hour. It's 12.03, Wednesday afternoon, September 13th. Good afternoon. Thanks for joining us. I'm Rob Hart. The United Auto Workers Union says we'll go on strike against three automakers if the sides don't reach deals by 11.59 Eastern time tomorrow night. We'll cover that in our next segment. But right now, the latest measure of inflation is out. And joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Paul, thanks for joining us today. Gas, food, and lodging. It's more than just a sign on the side of the highway. It's the things that were driving inflation in the month of August. Yeah, that's right, Rob. Thanks. Uh, Good to be with you again. Uh, Yeah, inflation was never going to fall on a straight line down to the 2% that the Federal Reserve is looking for. And so we've all been expecting some bump here in the as the as the summer ends uh, you mentioned it food prices gasoline prices gasoline prices really drove the six tenths of a percent month on month gain in inflation last month uh, but we think uh, housing prices having gone up rents are not coming down as as we would like them to those will be the stickier pieces going into the end of this year the fed may be on hold uh, for september but we don't think that will last for very long. The percentages in in any CPI report are just enough to make your head spin. The categories, the <laughs> month-over-month change, the year-over-year change, the trend line. Uh, but what's the bottom line here? I mean, where are we going as far as inflation is concerned? I mean, housing is the stickier part of the equation, but are there other areas in which we're making some progress? Yeah, definitely. We're making some progress with goods, and a lot of that has to do with Supply chains having been corrected after the Chinese economy reopened. Uh, some of it has to do with the labor market. You know, as the student loan debt uh, repayments have to begin, uh, and federal payments uh, to, to different groups of people, small businesses included. As those roll off, you're going to see more and more people come into the labor force. We're already seeing that happen. That's going to balance things out a little bit, uh, and that's going to help uh, uh, companies be able to bring in workers without having to pay so much extra. So when you take the goods piece of it and the labor market piece of it, those are distinctly positive. What's what's the negative is the one you mentioned, where housing is still sticky uh, and and it's not helping fa- uh, features that uh, that existing homes are, are not really available for sale right now. Who wants to sell a home uh, with a two and a half percent mortgage and then have to take another one at seven? So that you're just not seeing that supply of homes that's driving prices higher for existing homes. Even as we get more new homes being built, it's not enough. And so home prices really are a sticking point here, energy another sticking point. And that's why we think the Federal Reserve will keep its interest rate increases, uh, let's say, close at hand 
as we move into the end of the year. We're talking to Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. On the housing component, um, what can the Fed do to slow that down or, or kind of either unlock the housing market or reduce demand because they could raise the they've been raising the federal funds rate which is the rate that banks charge each other to lo- to, to lend money but the the mortgage rates are at eight percent they're the highest they've been in a very long time and yet people still want to buy homes yeah there's there's no escaping the fact that, that in any given year in any given month or even week somebody needs to move uh, and that's going to keep demand positive, even if mortgage rates are at 8%. But those people who need to move, when they start looking around for homes, they find very little available. Uh, there are people who are uh, taking offers for homes sight unseen and making offers, uh, waiving inspections, uh, paying cash. We've been seeing this now for several years. Uh, and that that's the demand that's keeping home prices high. And then you add on the mortgage rates there that the Fed really can't control directly. And what you've got is a market that is is, is kind of broken right now, uh, as long as those prices and mortgage rates stay so high. Paul Christopher, head of global market strategy at the Wells Fargo Investment Institute in St. Louis. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up, American automakers are facing a worker walkout. Compounding your interest with an economy of words. This is the WBBM Noon Business Hour. The deadline is 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time tomorrow night for a deal to avoid a strike by the United Auto Workers against General Motors, Ford, and Stellantis, the former Chrysler. Let's get the latest now from Jeff Gil. Gilbert, CBS News automotive correspondent based in Detroit. Jeff, thanks for joining us today. Reading the comments from Jim Farley, the CEO of Ford, he seems to believe, uh, and this is just him uh, talking about his offer to the UAW, they, he seems optimistic that maybe a deal can be reached by tomorrow night. But uh, what, what's your reporting in Detroit telling you about just where the two sides stand right now? Well, it is interesting that the UAW has not rejected that offer, which Farley called the most generous in 80 years. Uh, They've done things before, like throwing offers in wastebaskets, things of that nature. But I think everybody is really getting down to business with another day left before the deadline. We are going to learn more this afternoon when UAW President Sean Fain gives an update. He's been doing that on Facebook Live. And the president of the UAW, I mean, he this is a he's kind of coming in with a different type of mandate compared to maybe some of his predecessors. He is trying to make a statement uh, just about you know what what the UAW can do for people who work in uh, in, in in automotive factories, and that uh, the union movement is about building the middle class. So there's definitely a, a more kind of a, a stronger ideological footing for the head of the UAW uh, compared to just let's getting a let's get together and and, and do a contract. Definitely, uh, he, he's rewriting the rule book essentially. And what happened there is with the union's uh, recent corruption scandal. They changed the way of electing presidents. They're now directly elected by members as opposed to being elected at a convention before. So Sean Fain ran on a platform saying, look, 
I'm going to get tough with the companies. The the union's been too cozy with them, but I'm not going to get cozy. I'm going to go right after them, and that's what he's done. We're talking to Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Correspondent in Detroit. And obviously, every time there's a, a union contract negotiation, pay and benefits are the chief sticking points. But it also sounds like hours worked uh, is another real issue and that a lot of the uh, uh, the auto workers feel they kind of got burned during the supply chain crunch and that they racked up a lot of overtime above and beyond what the contract called for. And that, that has always been an issue because the, the auto business is feast or famine. You can have layoffs during one period, seven-day-a-week work during another, and that can be wearing on people. So that, that's an issue. But you also have to look at the list of things that the union wants and realize that they know they're not going to get everything. They talked about a 32-hour week, and Jim Farley, Ford CEO, just rejected that outright. He said that wasn't realistic. And then uh, other demands, including uh, going back to uh, defined benefit pensions. Is that a realistic ask, given the economics of the auto industry these days? Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Realize, even when you make an ask like that, if you don't get a defined benefit pension, perhaps you get more money in your defined contribution pension. Or you get something else like that. The union wants cost of living increases but the companies so far are saying no but we will give you bonuses and they keep raising the amount of bonuses that they're offering so this tactic from sean fain does seem to be getting the attention of the car makers if you had to uh, guess uh, on what yard line are these negotiations right now well you know if, if you want to use a football analogy you you can go with the fact that the time after the two-minute warning tends to sometimes go on forever with timeouts. That is what is happening right now at the end of auto talks. Traditionally, they don't get a deal by the deadline. In years past, they've extended. But this year, Fane says they're not going to do that. There will be a strike if there's no deal. So I would say they've made a lot of progress, but History shows us it'll be very doubtful that they'll get a deal before the deadline. Jeff Gilbert, CBS News Automotive Correspondent based in Detroit. Thank you for joining us today. Coming up next, the latest cyber breach involves a major hotel and casino operator. It's It's 60 Minutes of Financial Planning. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. What's being called a cybersecurity issue led to the shutdown of some casino and hotel computer systems at the MGM Resorts. Let's talk about this latest incident with Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions and member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force based in Chicago. Jerry, thanks for joining us today. What was the nature of this cybersecurity issue? Was this a a virtual Ocean's Eleven situation? No, it, it appears that it was more of a hack for data information for individual users' data, uh, you know, financial information, credit card information, user IDs and passwords for uh, the the members or for the clients of the actual MGM uh, brands. Now, even though this wasn't uh, a, a a virtual heist or something like that, uh, casinos traditionally, even going back uh, before uh, everything went online, have usually have had the the toughest security around. And if uh, if if hackers could get into a casino's uh, cyber defenses, uh, what does that say about the rest of the country and the world? Yeah, uh, hospitals, um, banks, casinos are all big targets for hackers because they make the news, 
but also because they have the information out there. And as you said, uh, MGM and all of the casinos and, and betting establishments out there have to have the best security. Otherwise, they are going to have an Ocean's Eleven type of attack. So the fact that hackers were able to get into their individual systems should scare us all. I mean, that that puts us uh, at risk for more than just our credit card information and our personally identifiable information. We're talking to Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions in Chicago. Everybody is now familiar with two-factor authentication. Uh, Every business has an IT department that sends out emails and, and phishing tests and making sure you don't click on links that uh, that you're not supposed to. But there are millions of us and just a handful of hackers, and it just takes one person to click on that link to send the whole thing tumbling down. Yeah, over 90% of all hacks is, uh, are a result of some type of phishing or malware scam, right? So, all they have to do is click on the weakest link, and the weakest link is the user. So if somebody goes into what they call watering holes or, or websites that you know specific uh, industries may, may frequent, and that's what they're suggesting may have happened with the uh, uh, MGM or, or even with our power grid, somebody goes out on one of these watering holes and hackers are there waiting for them. So the, these, these websites have lesser protection. And then as a result, somebody's able to get user IDs and passwords and then go into the system and get in the back way. So multi-form factor authentication is one way for us to protect ourselves. User IDs and passwords, passwords are weak links, right? The average password in the United States today is still, unfortunately, password, right? People don't think that it's really that necessary. So now what you need to do is have not only a password, but some other means of authenticating who you are. It's either something you know, like a password, it's something you have, like a biometric, your fingerprint, uh, something like that, um, or, or a phone, your phone, uh, where you can have a text come to it, or an authenticator application. So having any of those three types of, of uh, authentication measures are going to increase your security uh, almost 100%. Jerry Irvine, CIO of Prescient Solutions and member of the U.S. Secret Service Electronic Crimes Task Force based in Chicago. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. The body of Chicago Fire Department Lieutenant Kevin Ward was carried up North Michigan Avenue this morning after his death from injuries suffered during a call last month. The details from WBBM's Mike Krauser. Bagpipers from the police and fire departments led the procession from the firehouse by the old water tower at Chicago and Michigan Avenues three blocks north the 4th Presbyterian Church across the street from what used to be the Hancock Building. The body of Lieutenant Kevin Ward was carried on a fire truck, the casket draped with a Chicago flag. Fire Department spokesman Larry Langford. This is something that we hope we never do, but 
this is a dangerous job and we do lose people. Uh, and when that happens, we have to acknowledge their efforts, their work, and the family. The procession passed under a large American flag suspended over the street by two ladder trucks. Hundreds of firefighters stood at attention outside the church saluting. People passing by stopped to shoot video and take pictures. On North Michigan Avenue, Mike Krauser, 105.9 WBBM. Escape Pennsylvania inmate Danilo Cavalcante has been captured. He was found this morning in a remote area about 45 miles outside of Philadelphia. A plane fitted with a thermal imaging camera located his position. He broke out of the Chester County Jail August 31st while awaiting transfer to a state prison to serve a life sentence for the stabbing and killing of his ex-girlfriend in 2021. It's 12.32 as the noon business hour continues. Markets are slightly higher today. Joining us on the Village of Bedford Park business line, reminding you to bring your business home, is Gary Kultbaum, president of Kultbaum Capital Management, based in Orlando. Find him online at GaryK.com. Gary, thanks for joining us today. And what does the Consumer Price Index report tell you? Uh, We're way down from the highs, but we're still up from the lows. But I don't think this number had the recent spike in oil prices. And I know the government comes out and says, well, excluding energy, but guess what? Energy is a huge part of what we spend. So that's something that is going to be addressed if, uh, if oil prices stay up here. Just remember, it's not just what you pay at the pump. It's all the products that petroleum are used to go into. And that means the prices for those products are going to go up also. So very much to be watched. And the other part of the equation is how the bond market's going to react to it. Uh, we're at the uh, 10-year 4.25. We don't want to be breaking out to a 15-year high, which would be 4.35. So we're on the edge. And then uh, on top of just uh, the price that we pay at the pump and other items that rely on petroleum products, you're also talking about diesel fuel and jet fuel. And uh, that (laughs) affects the price of goods that are transported and also affects the price of that airline seat if you want to go somewhere. Well, it is not by accident that the worst acting group in the market right now are the airlines, even though they had such strong demand over the last few months. Their number one cost is fuel, so their stocks have been trashed here, and American Airlines and uh, Spirit came out today and lowered their profits just because of that reason. So again, it's not just airlines, it's it's anybody who drives anything, any business that drives anything, it's something that needs to be addressed, and unfortunately, we're losing what I would call uh, the, the, the front end of it by letting other countries dictate policy right now. We're talking to Gary Kulpbaum, President Kulpbaum Capital Management, based in Orlando. When you talk about uh, what, how the Fed will react to this, it seems like the consensus is that uh, the Fed will hold steady, they will pause at their next policy meeting, but uh, you can probably uh, set your watch to them uh, maybe raising interest rates again in November. Yeah, well, they've already basically leaked to the media that they are going to hold at this point, and they actually can. Uh, they are decently above uh, real yields, so I think they're okay in there. Uh, but for me, I, I think they're just overrated at this point in time. All the talk that we're coming back because of them, no, it's because 150 million of us go to work every day to do better for our families uh, and ourselves. 
So I don't really care much about what they do at this juncture, whether they sit, whether they lower rate the quarter or up a quarter. Watch the 10-year yield. It's the most important thing your listeners should watch. If it comes down good, if it keeps going up bad, that is the cost of capital. We've seen a huge uh, rise in interest rates on your credit cards. You already know about the mortgages. I don't think the economy can stand that if it continues to go higher. Gary Kulpbaum, president of Kulpbaum Capital Management in Orlando. Thank you for joining us today. You can find him online at GaryK.com. Coming up next in Personal Finance Wednesday, creating a savings account for something that brings you joy. Money Talks as the WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. It's Personal Finance Wednesday, and saving can be much more than creating an emergency college or retirement fund. Let's discuss an opportunity fund with Tony Orgoric, founder of Orgoric Wealth Management based in Buffalo. Tony, thanks for joining us today. And there was some advice I got early on in my radio career about doing lifestyle segments. And I think about this every time we do a segment about saving, that it doesn't necessarily have to be an eat your vegetables kind of moment. You don't have to hector people and tell them they're doing something wrong if they actually like to spend money on things they like. And that seems to be the the the, the seed of the the opportunity fund that we're talking about here. Yeah, Rob, I think it's, uh, it's all about habits, personal habits, spending habits, savings habits. And if you don't have a reason, you know, to save now, again, you can say, well, I'm going to be retiring in 30 years and that may not be, you know, terribly motivational for a lot of people. And you do have to do that because the fact of the matter is life expectancies are continuing to grow And, you know, you are going to maybe need 20 or 30 years to live off of your investments. With that said, if you have a goal such as I want to pay off a credit card, or if you have a goal that we want to take a vacation but not put it on the credit card, and we need to put away whatever it is, four or $500 a month in order to do that if we have the cash flow, one of the great things is um, it gives you a reason then to pull back on frivolous spending or things that are sort of mindless. So I think if you have a goal in mind, you know, like I said, credit card vacations, trips, something of that nature that you don't have to put on a card, I think that can be a strong motivator to change your behavior and, um, and, and feel, feel good about yourself. Now, this is not uh, too far removed from uh, uh, some uh, products that were available to banking customers not too long ago. I mean, uh, there used sure. to be the uh, like the Christmas, Christmas Club's fund, savings right? accounts that banks used to offer. Uh, if you do create this opportunity fund, uh, should you take advantage of the higher interest rate environment that we're in and put them in an account that pays you a little bit more? Listen, I think anytime, <laughs> anytime, you can anytime money, someone can give you, know. you money, you should take it, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, these guys have hosed you know, America's been hosed for the past, I don't know, decade, decade and a half where the banks have been paying nothing. Now they've got to pay something. Uh, I think that's great for consumers. So, And, you know, you don't have to segregate it into like a, a Christmas club account or something like that. Just, you know, it's it's out of your paycheck. Uh, it's systematic savings. You put it there and you know, you know, what it's tagged for. And I, I think that makes a lot of sense for people. You know, keep it simple. The main thing is if you can do payroll deduction or automatic savings, that's going to work best. And I think what's really great, Rob, is that a lot of times people, the way they save is they say, what's left at the end of the month? Well, that's not good. If you start saving at the beginning of the month, then you look at your spending over time and it's like, well, this is what we have available. I think this is what we're going to have to spend. 
We're talking to Tony Agoric, founder of Agoric Wealth Management in Buffalo. It's it's the same principle as your retirement account. If it's just taken immediately out of your paycheck, you never see it. So you're never tempted by, you're never thinking about, oh, what if I tap this particular fund? No, it's gone, and and ideally you're not going to see it until you turn 65 or 66. So maybe... Yeah, 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 this is the concept here is situational awareness, okay? How does the United States government work? It works on withholding, right? It would never work if people had to write a check every month. So if that's what the government's doing to run, why don't you do that for your own life? You know what I'm saying? It's like withhold it, put it away first, then you're going to be in great shape. That's great advice. Tony Agoric, founder of Agoric Wealth Management based in Buffalo. Thank you for joining us today and join us at this time tomorrow for Technology Thursday. And still to come, more restaurant customers are experiencing tipping fatigue. It's the only program dedicated to currency events. You're listening to the WBBM Noon Business Hour. Recent studies indicate that tipping at full-service restaurants is at its lowest level since the start of the pandemic. Let's find out what's going on from Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality. Works, aka the restaurant coach here in Chicago. Izzy, thank you for joining us today. And this is uh, this new study is separate and distinct from other studies, studies or even anecdata that suggests that uh, people are just uh, kind of experiencing tipping fatigue. Every it was an offshoot of the pandemic that uh, restaurants built this contact-free infrastructure for you to pay with credit cards, and a lot of that included tipping prompts that didn't exist before. Yeah, it did. And I think during the pandemic, everybody was very happy to uh, tip everybody because you were thrilled that people were, you know, going to work and uh, risking getting sick and being there to serve you. So I think people not only were tipping at the time, tipping a lot of different people in different parts of the industry, uh, but they were tipping more uh, during that period of time, for sure. And th- and this is a, a a topic of discussion. You know it, and I know it. And anybody who goes online and sees discussions about the uh, uh, the the tipped wage ordinance in Chicago sees it firsthand. It's it touch it presses buttons in a lot of people. Uh, you don't want to seem like an ingrate. You don't want to seem like you're you're uh, you're you're being mean to people who are working hard. Uh, it it just it touches it presses a lot of buttons in 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 the public, whether you're a customer or you work in the service industry. Absolutely. And, you know, for me, certainly tipping uh, servers, uh, that's expected. They're making a lower wage and tips are a big part of what they do. So that's not people aren't getting fatigued from there. But I think people get uh, tip fatigue when they uh, go to a drive through and then there's, an you know, all of a sudden there's an expectation uh, for a tip or you go to a self-service counter where you pick up your own sandwich, you pick up your own drink. They ring it up and then turn it around and it says, would you like to tip? Well, you've just done everything yourself. And again, during the pandemic, that might fly. But in today's world, you know, self-service drive throughs people are they don't want to get hit up for a tip in those areas anymore. And then there are some full service restaurants where the diner is being hit with more surcharges for a lot of different things. And once they add up all the charges, they may be a little less inclined to leave 25 percent. Instead, it's 20 or 18. Yes, this is the biggest disservice that restaurants can do to their employees. Uh, The owners or the company, they all of a sudden they put on like I went to a restaurant and they had uh, a a five percent uh, fee 
and it just said PPP. Now, this was only a month or two ago, and I, I talked to the manager. What's this for? Oh, well, that's a, you know, a fee for the PPP that we had to buy during the pandemic. Well, that, that certainly shouldn't be there if I wanted to do it as an option. But believe me, if I pay that, then like a lot of other diners, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tip less or not at all. So, uh, you know, restaurants that do this, uh, you know, I think it's uh, buyer beware. Start to look at your check because restaurants are putting a lot of interesting fees on, like insurance fee, PPP fee. Uh, buyer beware. This is a bad practice that restaurants are doing, and they should be ashamed. Izzy Karish, president of Hospitality Works, a.k.a. the Restaurant Coach, based in Chicago. Thank you for joining us today. If you missed any part of today's show, just go to our stream and skip back to the time you want. There's a pause and rewind function that works both online and with the Odyssey app. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.